Okay, welcome back to True Crime Trine. It's a podcast where the planets align and the three friends get together to chat about true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit they can fit into this podcast. We are your burps, Hannah, Sarah, and Meredith. Welcome to episode 90. Like, you're particularly burpy right now. This will be fun. I am. It's this this seltzer, hard seltzer thing. It's especially bubbly. And because I didn't eat anything all day and then, like, immediately ate um, an instant pho and some gluten-free dumplings and just, like, chugged half this thing, <laughs> I think I'm – my belly is like, what, what are you is doing? happening? <laughs> like, I'm empty all day and then you do this to me? <laughs> all at the end of the day? Come on, girl. Yeah. Come on, girl. It's what your stomach says. Um, yeah. I'm losing my mind. All right. Well, I got nothing. No housekeeping. Housekeeping. No. I got nada on the housekeeping front as well. Though I didn't really try, so we'll I'll just put that out there. Shout out to my friend Arthur from UCSF who was just visiting yesterday. Hi, Arthur. We literally, I don't think he's ever going to listen, but he does like watching true crime TV shows. He's just mm-hmm. not much of a podcaster person, but he was sharing a bunch of like fun ideas of Ooh. things or whatever of like cool stories that I could potentially cover or pass off to one of you. Nice. But then also we divulged into like, what if we could like do the perfect crime and what would it be? <laughs> would we be like framing someone or do we want to actually get rid of them or just maim them or scare them to the point where they would never do anything bad again? Like it, we want it to be a bad I person. Guess you had to, yeah, perfect crime doesn't necessarily mean murder. Right, no. exactly. And so we were like I figuring out what that would be. straight to murder, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Honestly. Right. Bank robbery. <laughs> Too many cameras. I know. But the perfect I murder the means money. it will never be tied to you. What I need to do is figure out how to murder, use how to, I don't know how to use <laughs> NFTs, but if I was a hacker, that is how you would do right, it. Right, yeah. Hacking and then framing someone else for it. That's yeah. fun too. To make some of the funds show up in their account. Ooh. But, like crypto hacking. Yeah, something creepy like that. But the, <laughs> but the like, we were literally, we went out to dinner with other like sciencey people and then Arthur was like, well, I'm not done. I want to go and, like, see what this whole UOB thing is about. So we took him to UOB. It was trivia night. And so we're sitting there talking about, like, all sorts of gory shit. And there's undergrads, like, getting shit-faced next to us. It's so loud there on trivia night, too. Yeah. And this one girl had, like, a cat with her on a harness. Instead of dogs, it was like there was a cat. I wondered if I could bring my cat to... You open because they have dogs. Otter would have loved it. They have a patio. You can bring your dog there. They have a little bowl yeah. of water out. Yeah, yeah. There was a cat. He was just chill and like sitting there at the table with all of his people, like on this on the little bar stool oh too. My God. That's amazing. Yeah, I love it. I let wobbles out in the yard today, and then I was you know inside whatever. Thought I could hear someone meowing very loudly. I thought it was Morris because he was sitting by his feeder and I thought he just wanted to be fed. And then I realized there's a new cat in the neighborhood. Ooh. A big black fluffy one that yeah. 
Wallace has never seen before. So I went out to see where Wallace was and they were like in a fun little standoff. And I was like, can you just be friends? It'd be so cute if you guys could be friends. Oh, <laughs> He's like, I don't know you. He was like, like isn't your backyard fence? Stranger danger, man. This cat has four legs. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> He's a fence hopper. He's jealous. <laughs> yeah, that might be it. Like, <laughs> he's just like showing off. Look at what I can do. Because the the neighbor's gray cat, that's an outdoor cat, always walks along the fence that runs between our mm. houses. And so they, when I'm in bed, the cats can see him out the window sometimes. So when they get uh-huh. they get really like stiff and poised, I'm like, oh, cat, like the cat's coming. <laughs> <laughs> do they chirp at all? To the cats so much but okay once in a while okay all right ladies are you ready for this shit show yeah it's not gonna be a shit show it'll be fine i hate this beer why are you drinking that one again because i have it i don't i don't <laughs> gotta get it. rid of it i don't hate it it's just not good not your ideal a swing and a miss lagunitas oh. all right I had planned on doing an unsolved spree case from the 40s that i was so Super excited about, but my little love bug brought home the fucking plague again. So on top of my never ending to do list, I have been sick as shit all week. So tonight you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Oh, a poem. Right? (laughs) Always on the lookout. You'll be happy for it. A news article popped up on my feed on Monday and this actually piggybacks on Sarah's episode from last week. In reading this article, I came across this website, and it's dnasolves.com. Have you guys seen this website? Mm-mm. No. Basically, it enables you to fund current cases. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm not giving my DNA, but... But you can contribute your own DNA in case you're related to a missing person or a murderer, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't Crime Stoppers do something like this too, where they like you can donate directly to help fund this case in particular or whatever? Like, yeah, I, I like think the so. idea. There has to be something for like all the backlog rape kits too. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah, that'd be. It's cool to be able to directly like fund the DNA or something. Like that's cool. Yeah. What I really like about this website is that it breaks down the cases that they need funding for, and it kind of gives you a synopsis, and we'll go over some of those, but this article kind of spurred that rabbit hole. So the case that piqued my interest is from Kingman, Arizona in Mojave County. And the cool thing is that with today's technology, the new DNA and the genealogy stuff, identifying a John Doe or a Jane Doe can really reignite a cold case and sometimes bring, you know, a level of justice to the families. Mm -hmm. But at least finding their identity really is like step one, right? So, but not only does this website talk about like cases that have been solved as far as they figured out the identity, but cases that they have found the identity of a suspect for. So oh, wow. It's really, really That's cool. really I'm, interesting. Yeah. I yeah. will definitely be looking into this when I work on the website. So we're going to head down to Kingman, Arizona on January 23rd of 1971. Officers from the Mojave County Sheriff's Department 
located the remains of a woman off an isolated dirt road approximately 2.2 miles east of US 93 and Hackberry Road. And it's about 30-ish miles outside of Kingman, Arizona, but that's like the closest town to this location. I (laughs) did do some historical satellite imagery (laughs) research because I love that crap. And when I say that this place is isolated, I mean isolated. There's like fucking nothing around and i could only access back to 1985 so this is like desert shit all right this is the outback Uh, oops of arizona and like now there's like a couple of buildings like maybe two or three buildings out in the kind of general area but i mean it's definitely just fucking desert out there so it's remote yeah you have to go there for a reason i guess Yeah, you wouldn't just be wandering. You're very lost. The woman's body was discovered in a loosely woven cotton canvas sack that was tied at the top with a cotton rope. Printed in green on the sack was Deer Pack Ames Harris Neville Company. I don't know what it is (laughs) about like old time companies and their like extremely long names. But that company actually was a manufacturer of cloth, jute, canvas, and burlap bags for tents, camping, and other types of equipment. It sounded like you were having a stroke. Basically. I know, right? <laughs> it's just saying. I don't know words, how so these like, words uh... go together at all. Okay, cool. A couple of like other historical or like older cases where like there was some company and it was just like, what the? How did you name your companies Which back was then? Stupid back then because you had to write yeah. it all by hand. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine their like email address? Wait, what's the acronym for it? Yeah, I guess it would be D P A H N C. That's you can't even make that into no. something. No, no. But the remains were of a Caucasian woman, approximately forty years of age, five foot four, estimated to be one hundred twenty-five to one hundred forty pounds, with brown curly hair. She was wearing a long-sleeved blouse that was multicolored, a long-sleeved black cardigan dark orange stretch pants, black leather ankle boots, and bobby socks. And for those of you who don't know what bobby socks are, those are just ankle socks that women wore in the 40s, 50s. I say that sounds sleek. They sometimes have like the cute little ruffle, right? Yeah. That's for like kids, but yeah. I mean, I remember wearing the cute little ruffle when I was a kid going to mm-hmm. church. Yeah. I don't know why I was in church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel the burn now when you enter church? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't entered a church. Well, I guess cathedrals. Do they count? It's a. I go to those as historical objects, not church. I haven't gone to a church church in probably at least eight years now. Okay. As soon as I left the Adventist, basically. <laughs> and the woman was not wearing any sort of jewelry either. So basically all she had on her were the clothes that she was wearing. Mojave mm-hmm. County Sheriff's Department spent a number of years trying to identify this Jane Doe. Her fingerprints were sent to the FBI, and she had some pretty extensive dental work mm-hmm. that was detailed out and sent to, I think it was sent to a, a, like a, a dentistry-type publication, and then they sent it out to okay. dentists for comparison, but nothing mm-hmm. came back. And then a sketch was made and then distributed through Arizona, California, Nevada, and Utah, but nothing came from their inquiries, so the case went cold. 
In April of 2022, the Mojave County Sheriff's Office Special Investigation Unit contacted Othram, Inc. to see if their advanced DNA testing and forensic-grade genome sequencing could help identify the remains. Othram is a private corporation that specializes in forensic genealogy. They also offer law enforcement agencies different types of tools and programs that allow them to infer kinship among individuals closely and distantly related. Cool. Their motto is justice through genomics. And I'm sad it's not DNA saves the day again. <laughs> like on your that drawing. Good. Love it. Othram, if you're listening, you could rebrand with that. I even have a logo drawn. It's very bad. And I spent probably more time than I should have just because I was, I don't know, in a fog mm. looking at their hiring page because they are hiring. I was just wondering. It's like, ah. <laughs> and I'm not qualified or do not have the proper qualifications for a lot of their openings. You ladies might. But there was an inside sales rep position that I was actually like, hot damn, I'd be really, really <laughs> good at that. And essentially that position is like you are contacting police agencies and being like, how can we help? Oh, that's cool. Oh. Yeah. I would be so good at that. Yeah. So good at that. Yeah. They are based out of Houston and I don't think uh. my husband wants to move to Texas. Oh. But... I'm guessing maybe there's other companies that are like this that, I don't know, I feel like this is kind of life goals. I know now that I'm like definitely in the wrong field. <laughs> oh. Podcast has taught us so much. Right? Life goals. So anyways, this company is pretty fucking cool. And they are the ones that created DNAsolves.com oh, in cool. order to to crowdfund and raise money for cases to get solved. And their like kind of going rate is $7,500. And it seems kind of expensive. I know I was talking to my stepdad and he was like, why couldn't they just do that $99 kit they have on Amazon? But it's, it's a lot more complicated. Yeah. Like it's so much more work. Yeah. They're just, right? like, they're just amplifying a couple markers. And they have to pay people. Yeah, to do to, that. To do the research. And, and they, they have to have, do the analysis too, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. So they do that. And then they also have people that work specifically on contacting. So like once oh, like yeah. All, yeah. So like once all of these, you know, things are in place and then they have people that go out and interview and talk to or phone consultations and stuff with. So, I mean, it's pretty, it's, you know, it's, yeah, Sequence there's some overhead still costs. not cheap. <laughs> And they're a private yeah. company too. DNA, like 23andMe, probably such a load is coming through, it's paying it off. Yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah. It's $7,500 and they recognize the fact that they are expensive, right? So that's why they set up this dnasolves.com website so people could donate. And it's a, it's a really, really interesting website and I definitely want everyone to check it out. And as of today, there are 11 cases that they've posted that still require funding. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about three of those cases in a little bit. But last Monday on January 23rd of 2023, so 52 years to the day. Oh, wow. Whoa. The Mojave County Jane Doe was finally identified as Colleen Audrey Rice. Colleen was born on March 17th of 1931 in Portsmouth, Ohio, to James Rice and Flossie Truitt. 
I know. I love that name. I just... That's makes cool. me think of a bunny. She married a man named William Davis in 1946 in Ohio, but there was no record of them having children. And it appears mm. that Colleen was estranged from her family, so investigators mm. are now starting to look into the how, when, why she ended up in why Arizona. Why was she even in that very remote place of Arizona? Right? Yeah. But I mean, so I do like baby ancestry searches and stuff where you find documents and things like that, but like I just, I need to be in this field somehow. (laughs) You have the skills for it. Yeah, totally. I have the skills and I have the motivation. I just, I can't live in in Texas, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. So, well, I think everyone's going more and more remote anyway. So I feel like, I don't know. It did say in person though. That was like in in that way. I'm sure there's some of the other positions that aren't, but. So a lot of this could probably be done remotely. Guessing, yeah. Besides the sequencing itself, but yeah. Yeah, but I just thought, how amazing is this, right? And so this was just the story of them figuring out who she was, was the news article that I had read. And then it just kind of led down this hole of like extra information so was any of her family still around they haven't said so uh, this just happened on monday fair oh okay so there i'm i'm sure we'll hear more about this as as time goes on but they have a really great starting point right they know who she is Mm -hmm. and now they can do more in-depth research and the sheriff's office can also do research i don't know if that's like if their part is done or if they're still assisting oh yeah i don't know it didn't really say but the mojave county sheriff's office is asking for the public's assistance in finding any information anyone may have on colleen so if you do you are urged to call their office at 928-753-0753, extension 4408, or toll free at 800-522-4312, and then reference DR 71-0383. So now I'm going to share with you three of the 11 cases from dnasolves.com that are still in need of funding. And... I do encourage everyone to check out their website and donate if it's possible for you to do so. There is one case that I will be donating to. I will not share that case because it's a very emotional case, but I picked a couple of the other ones just to kind of highlight and we can put the links up as well. Mm -hmm. So this particular case is from Lexington, Kentucky, which I have family in Lexington. Yeah. So far... $1,855.66 has been raised. And a lot of times, like, the police department will put up what they have in their budget. Like, so they'll start, like, you know, the funding off at, like, $1,000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's just really important for people to have an avenue to donate if they can, you know. Because we cannot, unfortunately, restructure the entire police state and redistribute money. Because they don't need tanks. Yeah. No. There's, but if we there's can, a if lot we can of say money I want it to go being here. Yeah. thrown away that we can't control. Yeah. Yeah. So. But for our part, like, if you're passionate about helping people I find love that. closure, like, you can donate your own money. And you can also sign up. I think they have a, s- a subscription as well. So you could donate, like, a monthly. And they're not asking, you know, for 
you know, a million dollars. It's just whatever you have. Whatever you can, yeah. Just another avenue to be charitable and help people find some answers for their families. So this particular case, um, like I said, is from Lexington, Kentucky in February. And these I'm going to read to you just a summary that they have on the website so you can see how informative their website is as well. So in February of 2022, the decomposing remains of a man were discovered wrapped in plastic near a dumpster in the parking lot adjacent to an apartment complex. The unknown man was wearing a navy blue t-shirt that contained a map of the United States Hmm. and the brand name Ducks Unlimited on its back. He was... (laughs) Also wearing dark navy blue drawstring cargo shorts and a navy blue sock. It just is one. Who carries around paper maps anymore? 2022? It was on his shirt. Oh. Oh. Okay. And then near the man's body was a navy blue Abercrombie & Fitch brand short sleeve t-shirt. Investigators also found a unique tattoo on the unknown man's lower left thigh, which could have (laughs) been a crown possibly containing the inscribed name Jesus or Jesus, however you want to look at that. (laughs) Is is there God Almighty or my friend Jesus? Jesus. I don't know. Investigators believe the unknown man is five foot one and only weighed 84 pounds at the time of his death. Oh my gosh. Is he like a child? No. Teenager? I I mean, was he lost in the desert for a long time? We're in Virginia now, but. Well, yeah, no, we're in Kentucky. Or Kentucky, yeah. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I'm drawing the desert, so I'm like, desert on the mind. Additionally, investigators observed that he had light brown to blonde hair that was approximately two inches in length. He was stabbed in the heart, and Mm. so investigators have classified this case as a homicide. Yeah. Advanced decomposition made it difficult to learn anything more about the man, including his age. So it's unknown at this time. In March of 2022, the case was entered into the National Missing and Unidentified Person System, or... NamUs, I think. NamUs. And law enforcement investigators have been diligently pursuing leads in the case, but they have not been able to identify this unknown man. In 2022, the Fayette County Coroner's Office partnered with Othram to see if they could help, and and they are still seeking funding for this. So if you have any information that could aid in this investigation, if any of that sounded familiar, you are asked to call the Lexington Police Department at 859-258-3600. And let's see. So next up, and this case is out of Ledyard, Connecticut. It's L-E-D-Y-A-R-D. I'm guessing it's not like Ledyard. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Connecticut. We'll have an East Coast correspondent soon enough. I know. (laughs) This case has raised $789 of the $7,500 so far. In May of 1974, Connecticut State Police recovered the decomposed remains of an unidentified woman from a wooded area in the town of Ledyard. Ledyard? Sorry, guys. It's gotta commit. It's Ledyard. It's fine. Yep. The agency received a tip about two murders that had occurred at a home on Shuville Road. Investigators located two shallow graves several hundred feet behind the house. In which they discovered the decomposed bodies of a man and a woman. Investigators successfully identified the man as Gustavos Lee Carmichael, who was a convicted serial bank robber who had previously escaped from federal custody. My perfect crime. 
Yeah, there you go. Leads <laughs> to a shallow grave. He and the woman had been known to use aliases Dirk Stahl and Lorraine Stahl before their murders on December 31st of 1970. Hmm. In the subsequent years, two men, Richard DeFridis and Donald Brandt, have been convicted for the murders of these individuals. But they still haven't identified the woman. Like, they don't That's know who bothers. she is. I mean, it doesn't right? help, I guess, using aliases, too. Yeah. Yeah. The unidentified victim is a Caucasian woman estimated to be between 18 and 30 at the time of her death, and she's approximately 5 foot 2. However, due to the decomposition, they were unable to make determinations about hair color, eye color, and they do believe that she died in 1970. Mm Mm-hmm. Several items of clothing that were recovered were a tan leather vest and a gold tan sweater, a brown tweed skirt, and a pair of brown boots. These people are dressing real snazzy. I know. The unidentified woman was also wearing two rings and like a wood-carved brooch or pendant. Hmm. The wood-carved figure appeared to be an abstract ceremonial head. Okay. One ring appeared to be a school ring with the letters J-H-S-N monogrammed with the initials I-L-N and the date 1917 engraved inside. 1917? Whoa. It could be like... I know. I have my mom's class ring and stuff. I am not K-S from whenever I graduated. Mm -hmm. And then the other ring is inexpensive imitation emerald ring. Don't shit talk my jewelry. Mm. Costume jewelry. Hey, I'll... All of my jewelry, almost all of my jewelry is costume jewelry. It's fine. It has been established that the decedent had been known to drive around the area in a vehicle that had been dumped in Hartford, Connecticut with main inspection stickers. It was a green 1964 Oldsmobile with either Massachusetts or Maine license plates. Additionally, investigators were able to recover a yellow raincoat that the woman was known to have worn as well as Lady Clarol brand hair roller set. Oh, I don't know how. She had her rollers with her? I guess. My mom, yeah. my Damn. mom, her hair isn't curl either, but she does use curlers. She always brought them with her when we go on vacation. Okay. So, yeah. All right. It sounded normal to me. This one is just kind of crazy because they, like, they know who did it. They have quite a bit of information about Like everything else. Dude. Yeah. yeah. And then quite a bit about her as well. And then just nobody knows who she is. Like, yeah. I just, I find that hard to believe that, like, that man didn't have a, you know, some sort of friend that knew, like, who she was or something but yeah maybe someone does know who she was but they're like i can't go to the police with this i'm also a bank robber well that could be true as well and in 2022 the connecticut office of the chief medical examiner contacted othram to determine if they could use their testing methods to identify this woman so again this one is still shy of the 7500 And then you are urged to contact Connecticut's Office of the Chief Medical Examiner at 860-679-3980 if you have any information that would help them in identifying this woman. And then the last one I'm going to share with you is out of Elgin, Texas. And $1,587.89 has been raised of the $7,500. And this is 
in June of 1979, the remains of an unidentified woman were discovered along U.S. Highway 290 east of Elgin. The discovery was made by law enforcement officers who were passing by. They determined that it was a Caucasian woman between the ages of 17 and 40, estimated to be five foot to five foot two and weighed between 90 and 130 pounds. Her hair was likely brown, but investigators were not able to determine eye color. When she was discovered, she was wearing a white pullover shirt with red trim around the neck and dark colored blue jeans. The woman's cause of death could not be determined because of the advanced state of decomposition. It is Mm. estimated, though, that she died four to six weeks prior to her discovery. And officials think the woman may have been struck by a car on US 290. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Straight up hit and run. Wow. Yeah. That's awful. I know. Over the past four decades since the discovery of the woman's remains, investigators have explored numerous leads, but no one was able to identify her. And then in May of 2019, nearly 40 years after the discovery, there was a documentary filmmaker who contacted the sheriff's office regarding a possible connection between the 1979 Jane Doe and a serial killer named Henry Lee Lucas. Oh, that guy so, just that guy confessed to every fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. They did end up exhuming the woman's remains. That's so fucked though. Yeah, cuz like then he's just like, "Oh yeah, I dug up had them dig up another body that I didn't have anything to do with." He got to go out of jail and like take yeah. the police to vacation. Yeah. They would take him out to like fast food restaurants and stuff. He had a great fucking time. Yeah. And so she was uh, exhumed in 2019, but then also re-exhumed in September of 2022. And I don't know, it just feels like this poor woman has not been able to rest. So again, they're still looking for funding to help get this process done for her. And then you are encouraged to contact the Bastrop County Sheriff's Office at 512-549-5100 if you have any information that would help identify this woman. And also, you can check out the website if you're so inclined to donate some money or donate your DNA uh, if you feel like... You, you may be related to the victims you are or full of conspiracy theories or if you have a family member that seems shady as fuck so i mean <laughs> i mean my grandfather did own a brothel so maybe i should keep my dna to myself <laughs> he's dead it's like a it's like a different kind of horrible yeah that she just died by getting hit by a car then like yeah it's like it just it's a different hit all terrible yeah. but like ah well, and it's like, if she had been hit by a car, maybe, like, okay, maybe she had a couple broken bones, but maybe, yeah, maybe she, she was still alive. Yeah, maybe she could taken to a hospital. Right? So, I don't know. It just, it's super depressing. But I just kind of wanted to highlight that, you know, that there's these types of labs out there and these types of websites that you can go and look. And it is really fascinating, especially if you go down the rabbit hole of looking at the cases where they've identified the victim or identified a suspect mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like how quickly the ball starts, starts rolling. starts moving, yeah. 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 That is the cool part about it all. And this is, this is really cool. I didn't know about this at all, like this website or... I'm sure there are other companies doing this as well, but that's really, I like this. Yeah. And I've learned that clearly this is like, I need to be doing something like this. So I don't Genealogy. Know. I need to like Sleuthing. reevaluate my life. I did always say that I was going to go back to college, 
to get a, an additional degree when my daughter goes to college because I just don't have time to go back to college right now. <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure that there are, I don't know, I'm sure that I could do some like online things. Not that I have spare time, but even if I took just like a class a quarter or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. I could get it done. It might take me, you know, 15 years, but like I could get it, it done. It would be progress in something for you to, yeah. Sometimes it's just kind of nice to, to and... learn something. Right? Yep. Ever this student. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, listeners, may, maybe I will have a midlife crisis and not buy like a fancy car or anything, but maybe I'll just go back to school and get a fucking degree. You're talking to the wrong, well, I guess Sarah's still in academia. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, academia. don't fucking do it. But one class a quarter is fine. Yeah, it wouldn't be anything like I couldn't, you know, balance in my day to day. But it would also be something I would be very interested in, yes. I think, as well. So, I don't know. Life goals? You tell me, listeners. You can midlife crisis your way into learning all about genealogy and criminology. And I'll learn German. Okay. And then how much better would the research be, right? On my side, yeah. not any better. But I might be able to well, no. pronounce a couple things better. <laughs> But you guys could just send me your, like, check this shit. And I'd be oh, like, yeah. Doo, yeah. Doo, 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 doo. I mean, you did that in real time last week. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously. What? <laughs> but think of what I could do I if they gave me access to a database. Oh, my God. I know. Your powers are limited right now. <laughs> oh, man. I would also be that person that they're like, you need to, like, clock out and go home. And I'd be like, no, just one more. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to teach you work-life balance. I know. I, I don't know that yeah. yet. Um. <laughs> I have like five jobs, like just, right? I have so many jobs. Yeah. So yeah, maybe don't add another Too one. Many. But if it was fun, I could figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that is what I have for you this week. Like I said, it wasn't my first intention, but it was really, really interesting. I will be going back and looking at you know, maybe if there's other companies that are like this and if there's other websites, just because now I'm like, I'm really fascinated by this. So yeah, let me know. I could put them on the website. Heck yeah. I've got the ones for this one. For sure. But yeah, I'm going to definitely do a little bit more research and reading. So it'll be good. And then I do have a wee bit of astrology for you guys in the upcoming week. Do you want the jingle? All right. Yeah, let's let's get our jingle. Ass news. Turn around. It's time for some ass news. Yes. <laughs> it's perfect. It's so bad. And it's perfectly <laughs> bad. Yes. This episode is going to air on January 30th. God damn, where did January go? I know. I spent it at home doing nothing. My car didn't work and I wasn't working. <laughs> You were reading, though. I didn't read a lot. I got to write scripts now before I get to work. So there's Bad. not a lot going on at the top end of the week. But on Thursday, February 2nd, it's Happy Groundhog's Day to Puxatani oh. Phil, even though I think Who he died last year. he died. And there's been yeah. a number of reiterations. And apparently every state has their own groundhog, maybe. Oh. That's what Tom from Plans Are Optional said. Maybe not every state, but other states also might have it. Some other states might also have a groundhog. Okay, so I'm going to Google which states have I'm 100% a sure OG Puxatani Phil is dead. Well, yeah, because he <laughs> would have had to have been around for like 800 years or something. Yeah, uh, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't last. 
oh, this is just like where they live. <laughs> yeah, it's probably you're going to get like an ecological distribution <laughs> yeah. of where groundhogs can survive. Oh, okay, here it is. Huxatawney Phil is not the only famous groundhog. See? Six well, other he's, states. He's the only famous one because do you know any of the other six? No, no, I, I didn't don't even know him. So yeah, okay, he is so the only. See. I've never he's met him. He's the only famous one, but there are some other boys or girls. So let's see. Or theys. It says there's also Freddie, Jimmy, and Chuck. Let's see. Let's see what Chuck. This Chuck, that's a great one. Oh, but he's not a woodchuck. I know it's a, It's confusing. Milltown Mal like in New Jersey. Oh. Oh man, Motown. Milltown. Milltown. Oh, Milltown. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, and he's wearing a hat. Oh, he's so cute. I'm really sad I read this wrong, but apparently the groundhog was so, used to be known as the bear rat, but I read it as oh. beer rat, which I was, I felt like I had just been identified. <laughs> You're like, hey, wait a minute. Is that me. not me? Am I not a beer rat? Will I see my shadow? Yeah. Let's see. New Jersey. Was that one New Jersey? Pennsylvania is like the biggest one. Yeah. New Jersey also has Essex Ed. Oh, man. Tennessee has Chattanooga Chuck, which I love. West Virginia has French Creek Freddy. Staten Island Chuck from New York. There is a Stonewall Jackson, which I don't love to name. No. In this day and age uh, at the Space Farm Zoo and Museum. Okay. That poor thing. (laughs) That rodent did not ask for that Uh, name. No, he didn't. Yikes. Let's see where Space Farms is. Alabama. Ah, oh, New Jersey. I don't know. There's They got a lot in New Jersey. There's, There's Jimmy Quigley. the Groundhog. Oh, I love Quigley. Jimmy the Groundhog. This Quigley. is what I am. Jimmy the Groundhog is from Wisconsin. And then Buckeye Chuck God. out of Ohio. <laughs> Does Minnesota not Woodstock have one? Chuck Willie, which I hate that name. Yeah. But that's yeah. Illinois. When I'm looking at Midwest, I just see Wisconsin, Ohio, and Illinois. Yeah, Minnesota cares more about their oh gophers than they do. Apparently, the, uh... <laughs> Sun Prairie, Wisconsin is the self-proclaimed groundhog capital of the world. Oh. Probably because they have so many I of them. I have no idea. But you can pretty much self-proclaim yourself anything. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is so cute. Hold on. One more cute thing. In 2015, this is in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. In 2015, Jimmy the Groundhog bit the ear of Mayor John Frund, and the story quickly went viral. The next day, a mayoral proclamation absolved Jimmy the Sixth of any wrongdoing. Aww. <laughs> How did he bite his ear? Was the mayor being like, what did you say, Jimmy? Yeah, like, exactly. Let me hear your shadow. And he's like, fucking get out my face, Yeah, bitch. why are you so close to him? He probably has <laughs> fleas. He was like, you need to trim these ear hairs. No. <laughs> So after that, we have Friday, and Friday's <laughs> going to basically blow. Oh, no. I know. Where am I gonna so be there's okay. two things going on. Ceres is going to go retrograde in Libra. And okay. I know. So winter blues are going to be getting us down during this retrograde, and there's going to be a disharmony in our relationship. So it's not just, you know, love relationships but any relationship so it's important to remember to do your best to find balance between the we and the me right Mm -hmm. so keep that in mind and then also the sun in aquarius is going to be square with uranus and taurus and this is like hashtag smells like teen spirit (laughs) (laughs) this is a very rebellious aspect which is going to give us a large dose of teen 
middle-aged, or in my case, old as fuck, angst. This is a great combination. I know. We are going to be struggling on Friday between new thinking and kind of old systems or like old ways of doing things. So it's just not really a great Great. day. Try not to angst yourself out of a relationship. Or do if you need to, actually. But well, it will be tough to balance your angsty feelings and whoever you're talking to. But trust me, angst queen, I know. And Saturday isn't looking so promising. No, that's the day I'm getting my tattoo. Venus and Pisces is going to be square with Mars and Gemini. So it's not going to be a good day for love or romance. So, all right, fine. Onion tattoo. Tattoos the are most fine. Unromantic yeah. thing you can get. Yeah. So it should be fine for tattoos. Not so great for significant for others. Yeah. However, Sunday at the end of the week is going to give us a little something to look forward to. So not a a complete (laughs) shit show, I guess. Yes. It's just been like back heavy terribleness for this week. Yeah. But Sunday, February 5th, we're going to get a full moon in Leo. Ow! There you go. (laughs) This full moon is going to inspire confidence within ourselves and will help us to move forward. So it's going to be a really great day to make yourself the center of attention and do something that makes you feel special. And self-confidence helps you become less angsty. Yep. And not 100%, y'all, because I'm still very angsty, (laughs) but it does help. (laughs) And yet very confident. Uh, Yeah, it does help, though. Like, compared to being a teenager, I have a lot more control over my stupid life than I did back then. But all these dumb decisions are my fault now. I just think at my age, I just don't give a fuck anymore. So that, I mean, there's a level of like confidence that comes from just not being like, whatever. I just am who I am and it is what it is. Oh, okay. Yes. I feel like I have that too. I still feel like I do give a fuck too much. So, you know, I would like to give a not, I would like to not give a fuck ever. Well, you know, we'll work. We'll see. It will never happen. Stupid. (laughs) Sunday, I think I'm going to be napping because that makes me feel special when I get to take a nap. So that's my plan. I'm going to nap. A Sunday, on Sunday, I'll be visiting with one of my best friends down in LA for her birthday weekend. Shout out Yay! to Jess. And we're getting tattoos together. Best friend tattoos. Fun. Yay. All right, listeners. So let me know if you think I should change careers. <laughs> Not anytime soon, but like slowly. Put your toe Put into us up it. on. Twitter at True Trine on Instagram, True Crime Trine, Facebook, Talk TCT to me on podcast. Instagram. It's my favorite social media. You can email us directly at truecrimetrine at gmail.com and then check out our website, www.truecrimetrine.com. Now it's time for bye. 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 Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.